This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. How are you? I hope you're well. Not long until our senior men are back in action. Australia and Italy at home, both at Wembley. Uh, And as normal, I'll be releasing a preview for it in the normal fashion. I'll be taking a look at Gareth's squad and I'm planning on speaking with some people who know our opponents a little better than I do. I personally think this is one of those features that makes the podcast what it is. I enjoy chatting with these people. Uh, I'll be honest, it can be a little hard work at times to organise, but uh, I hope you find it worthwhile, enjoyable, rewarding. I don't know. Uh, Especially when it's coupled with an away game. Uh, But that'll have to wait until next month, November, when I hope to guide you around the city of Skopje uh, in Macedonia to tell you the the places to see, places to go, things to eat, things to drink, that sort of thing. That's what we like to do on the uh, on those away previews. So looking forward to that one. Thank you for all the recent comments on the podcast, be it the, the Lionesses ones or the one where I spoke with Michael Galway about his book on the 2006 World Cup golden generations if you've not heard them they are available at your podcast provider of choice or three lions podcast.com as i say thank you very much for all those comments it's really kind um yeah thank you very much before i crack open this feature uh, i just wanted to cover a couple of things Uh, The under-21s are in action soon. Uh, They face Serbia at Nottingham Forest City Ground. Then in November, it's been announced that they will face Northern Ireland at Everton's Goodison Park in Liverpool, which is an interesting choice of venues. Obviously, Everton have a new ground being built, so it's an opportunity one last time for England to grace a great old stadium in fact it's it's one that i've actually never visited Uh, i need to pull my finger out if i'm gonna tick that one off but england's senior side have actually played 12 times at goodison the last time being back in 1973 and that got me thinking maybe one day i'll look at some of england's other home venues through the years maybe as a feature But I mentioned Goodison being an interesting venue. As for those listening outside of England, Everton, well, they're based in the city of Liverpool. And it's been a topic of discussion for some time now. I don't know how far it goes back. But there is a percentage of Liverpudlians, a high percentage, I don't know, who don't associate themselves with the country of England and our national team. It's their own choice, of course, uh, but it doesn't stop their players being picked for England duty. Of course, there is currently Trent Alexander-Arnold, 
Jordan Henderson recently, Stephen Gerrard as we go back in time, Emmeline Hughes, Kevin Keegan, they all came from the red side. Everton from the blue side, maybe haven't had so many of late, uh, but of course there's been Wayne Rooney, Phil Neville, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Nick Barmby, Ross Barkley, Leighton Baines as well. You could say Liverpool's view from some of its population is much like Naples' view to the Italian national team. Um, To get an insight into that, maybe, I don't know, go check out the preview episode of our away match against Italy back in March. But yeah, just the fact that the under-21s are playing in Liverpool, I I found quite an, an interesting choice of venue. Be interesting to see what the reaction is come that game. Right, let's move on to this episode and feature. A while back, I came up with the idea of Your England Journey. A feature of episodes speaking with fans about how they encountered England, their earliest memories and what stories they've had along the way following our national team. With regards to the podcast, I'd like to try and put one episode out a week so it doesn't clog up your feed and and each episode gets a fair amount of time to be digested. But I didn't account for the Lionesses to get all the way to the World Cup final, followed by the, the seniors' preview and review for Ukraine and Scotland. And likewise, there was the recent Lionesses Nations League games. So I had a few of these Your England Journey recordings ready to go, but didn't have the time to fit them in until now. So this is the first one I recorded with England fan Matt Freeman. So apologies it's taken so long, mate, to get it out. Um, But if you'd like to share your England journey, stick with us and I'll let you know how you can do it after this. Now there's good times, sad times, fun times... They are, of course, your times. Uh, welcome to your England journey on the Three Lions podcast. Derby, an England fan, Matt Freeman. Hello, Matt. Hi, Russell. How are you doing? Oh, very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, doing doing good myself. Thank you very much for having me on. No, more than welcome. It's always good to always good to hear from fellow fans, and I enjoy sort of hearing their sort of backstory, as it were, about how they. Um, how they come to follow England, obviously when people follow their club sides usually is probably where they're, where they're born, where they're brought up or maybe through sort of family, um, sort of inheritance as it were. Um, but once you've sort of started on that journey, then you, some people kind of find England, don't know, either through, I don't mm-hmm. know, again, through family or, or through basically tournaments on the telly. But yeah, take us, Take us to your first England memory. Where does that fit in? Um, well, growing up over growing up overseas, my my parents, um, my, my dad worked in the engineering department at Rolls Royce, aeronautical engineering. So he he was one of the representatives. So we we moved around a lot as uh, as kids. Oh yeah, uh, me and my brother and sister. So growing up overseas, we lived in 
Dubai in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s. Now, being born in sort of like 1995, I never got to see Euro 96. My brother's got fond memories of that tournament. Again, World Cup 98, Euro 2000, I was still a little bit too young for to, to have any sort of recollection of any of those tournaments. Yeah. But living overseas, a lot of the time, you know, in the early 2000s, YouTube wasn't a thing. You know, you didn't get highlights of football as regularly as you can you know, go on Twitter now, go on YouTube, go on Facebook, whichever social media platform you want to. But what was shown were the big tournaments. So for me, my sort of first love of football was the first sort of big game watching England England play. Um, and that was against Brazil in the quarterfinals of the World Cup in 2002. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, you know, even, even as a kid who's not really been grown up with football day in day out you know who brazil are of course yeah um, so you know they're good <laughs> yeah so were you in um sort of overseas dubai area when sort of you saw that because obviously england fans watching that tournament in england um mm-hmm. obviously had to get up at whatever time there's lots of stories of people having breakfast yeah. watching this particular game yeah sim- similar for similar for us in dubai i, I can't remember how many hours ahead maybe about two or three um so it was still you know fairly early morning sort of in towards that lunchtime period um but i can obviously for for us it was a big deal i think you know for us as fans you know for especially for my, my brother and my dad yeah um felt like we beat brazil we'll we'll go on and potentially win this world cup so you know even i at sort of a young age knew that it was a, a big game um and i think that sort of love for england became almost instantaneous the minute that michael owen scored and i can i can remember thinking even as a sort of a seven-year-old going we're the best team in the world because we're beating brazil <laughs> and i remember telling my dad that turning around to him and him just going you haven't watched england enough <laughs> <laughs> yes yes because there was a uh... A few more events were to happen, weren't there? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, soul crushing as it was, as a as a very young lad, um, you know, it sets you up nicely for for the next however many years of disappointment, really. So, um, but for, you know, to personally, I I do believe that if we'd beaten Brazil in that game, I think we were the strong or the strongest team in that tournament, and we would have at least made that final. But you know that that Brazil team was was almost unbeatable, really. <laughs> yeah, they they were a special team, and and yeah, to be fair, we had a uh, we had a good team at that time. We'd had a good run getting to obviously getting t- to the finals eventually, um, because it it came about after a um, a bit of a uh, a hiccup on the way. Um, yeah. But then obviously it it all turned around with the the famous England Germany game. Um, yeah. and, then we, and we went into the tournament. Um, what do we? We drew with Sweden, beat Argentina, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, second penalty against Argentina. Yes, um, then beat Denmark in the uh, round of sixteen, and and then on to that Brazil game. But yeah, yeah, great, great memories of that tournament. And yeah, and, I know that Ferdinand's uh, still dining off that uh, that header against Denmark that definitely wasn't his goal, really, but somehow has been credited to him to this day. Yeah, I, I was there that night, and we were we were all doing the conga in the uh, in the stands <laughs> on a uh, a wet night in Japan. There, um, good memories. I mean, 
but bizarrely, that England Brazil game, I, I was actually in the air coming home when that oh, well, game yeah. was being played. Yeah, I just didn't didn't time it right um, <laughs> with with the way it all was, and I didn't have the money to to stay no. out there and watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, so. So you saw that one. That was your first sort of introduction yeah. to watching England. Where where did it go from there? Um, from there, we um, again moving overseas. My my parents and my my brother and sister had done it quite a bit before me. I'm a little bit younger than they are. Um, my brother and sister, that is. Yeah. So actually, we ended up moving to before Euro two thousand and four. We ended up moving to to Hong Kong for a few years but actually in that period so during sort of year 2004 world cup 2006 we always would come home in the summer so summer period for sort of anyone over in international sort of waters you'd end up finishing school sort of late may early june so you'd end up coming back to the uk for those tournaments so actually um euro 2004 we would it started just as we were about to leave dubai so actually we ended up going back to the uk for part of it but again not got great recollections of that tournament, more so apart from Wayne Rooney being incredible, to be honest. Um, and with my brother at that point, he was at university and he'd been in the UK for sort of a year or so properly at that point. So he, he'd seen Rooney loads on, you know, on match of the day and things mm. like that. So he, he, you know, he was raving about this sort of 18 year old that was, you know, the next best thing. And obviously watching on YouTube now, you look at that tournament and you, you do think Rooney stays fit again, potentially you go on to win it. But I think sort of 2004, 2006, not got great memories. Um, it's a strange then, sort of time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very strange time. Um, but we had the, um, obviously, as you say, you mentioned the the European Championships in Portugal. Mm-hmm. There was the World Cup in Germany. Um, but there was always this sort of underlying um sort of the team wasn't it it was mm. i mean we, we all know it as the the golden generation that just yeah. failed to uh to deliver wasn't it yeah I, th- I think they're a product of they're almost a product of their own downfall they just i think you I, you know i'm i'm i know lots of people are divided on southgate now and i'm sure we'll come on to talk a little bit about that but you feel that the way he's instilled a sort of a club mentality and a sort of a, a what looks like a brotherly bond between the players you wonder if someone in that sort of era could have maybe instilled that kind of belief into the players that we had then because because on paper you'd argue that that team is still stronger than what we have now um but you know that's it's years gone by and who knows what what would be in in that sense so yeah. brotherly bond I, I like that phrase sounds good if, if only <laughs> if only that um yeah gareth had uh had been able to be sort of manager and go back in time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, a one for um I was like, what is it, Doctor Who? Is it Doctor Who that goes back in time? Um, go into- yeah, my brother in law's a big Doctor Who fan, so I'm sure if he ever hears this, he'll 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 love the fact that there's a mention about Doctor Who on yeah. there. <laughs> Gareth Southgate in the TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that period of time. And then there was uh, obviously the the failure to get to um, the Euros of 2008, wasn't there, with yeah. um, Steve McLaren? Yeah, the Wally with the Broly, unfortunately. And and being a Derby fan, I've got good fond memories of Steve McLaren since then. So, of course, yeah. Um, to, me, to me, he's, you know, again, I think just that era wasn't great for him. But 
by 2008, we were actually, as, as me and my mum and dad were actually living in Spain at that point. So mm-hmm. I've got fond memories of the year 2008 for other reasons, because Spain obviously ended up going on to win it as they did in 2010 in that World Cup, which again, for England was a sour note. But living in Spain at the time, seeing, you know, a team that, you know, essentially built up over a number of years to that point was actually good fond memories. Although for England, it was absolutely abysmal. But <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. I get that. You've sort of got to see a mm. an international side win a uh, win a tournament from mm-hmm. from that perspective, being on yeah, their exactly. soil. Yeah, uh, that, that'd be good. So coming back and back and forth and being all around the world, I guess you hadn't really had a chance to to see the team other than on the telly. Would that be right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean. Um... And again, more so when we we ended up moving to Spain in about 2007. So in 2007, uh, you know, Sky was a lot more readily available. There was, with being in Europe as well, you can get some, I'm sure they're probably not going to hear that, but you can get people who can fit a Sky, a, a dish, yeah. so you can yeah. get Sky overseas and things like that. Um, so we were able to get more football. So actually watching England was much, much easier, much more regularly available, but yeah, I mean, my first game was when we moved back to the to the UK um, in 2011. I think it was November, which um, was England against against Spain, actually. Um, so you know, in theory, at that point, they were world champions, all conquering. And I remember before the game, uh, my my dad actually, I, I sprained my ankle playing rugby the night before, thinking no. I wouldn't be able to go because I could barely walk. And uh, my dad was taking me, and he basically turned around and was said. Well, you're coming because we've paid a lot of money for these tickets. Even if you can't walk, you're coming. Um, so, you know, hobbled through the pain. But going into Wembley for the first time, you know, even at 16, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's unlike any other stadium I think I've ever been in, especially at night time. It's just, it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. People's memories of, of Wembley or, or their first. Uh, impressions of Wembley are always really good to hear because you mm. you sort of see that that arch as you come across it and sort of everyone around you and you say an, an evening game just sort of makes it just that little bit more special under the lights yeah. it's, it's such a bit of a cliche really but it is true yeah it is absolutely I mean you know the game was as England were through you know between 2008 and 2017 pretty bang average and fairly dreadful to watch um I mean we won the game 1-0 but it was a Frank I think a Frank Lampard header across hit the post and I think Darren Bent scored from about half a yard as the ball bounced across the line so okay it was you know even though it was terrible I've still got great memories of it happening because I was in line with the goal so you know it's still to you know even though it was rubbish to watch it's still a great memory so Absolutely. There's certainly worse games to have a, a first yeah, first one attending. Um, yeah, pe- people have uh, people have worse games that they went to for their first England game. But, I mean, speaking of worst England games, <laughs> I mean, to take us to that one. I mean, there's, there's a few you can pick, but go on. Uh, I mean, honourable mentions would be England against Germany in in, in 2010. That was oh. that was pretty bad. Um, and then to be honest, England against Italy in Euro 2012, that was particularly bad because I think, you know, I saying Italy should have put us out of our misery long before it got to penalties because we were yes. rubbish in that game as well. Um, and then my first year at uni, 2014, was 
awful. My brother had seen, you know, England win the Rugby World Cup when he was at uni, and I thought, great, I'm at uni, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> three years of sport, and every year was rubbish for England. So, um, which led to my final year at uni, and probably the worst game of all time, England against Iceland. Oh dear, yes. Oh, uh, I, I, yeah. I can imagine a lot of uni students all watching that together in a. Uh, student halls or something and, and yeah. a, a lot of expletives being thrown about there yeah um by that point I, I mean obviously quite a few of my mates were still there but I just finished and I was actually um I was back down in London visiting my my, my now wife um my now wife but she was my girlfriend at the mm. time um and sitting in her front room with her her brother who and they're they're half Italian so they I think they'd watched Italy, Spain, even earlier in the day where Italy won. So they were on a lovely old high. And I thought, here we go. Nice, simple 3-0, 4-0 win against Iceland. First three minutes, Rooney scores a penalty. You think, there you go. Settle the nerves. And then uh, just, in all honesty, I think her mum and dad might have thought that I probably wasn't the right person for her because I I definitely used a few expletives, I think. (laughs) Because... Single-handedly is the worst game of football I think I've watched England play, and that includes England against Hungary last year. Oh, yeah, it's an- another one there. Yeah, we- we've got a few to pick from, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, hopefully, one day, he says this with, like, fingers crossed, um, <laughs> it- it'll all be worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the suffering. Yeah, so all those games that we think, oh, Iceland, Hungary, Germany, um, oh, never mind, we've won a trophy. Um, mm. that's still to come yeah. um, and, and I'm sure we'll get there um, eventually but I mean obviously we nearly got there the other year um, mm. during the uh, the Euros mm-hmm. how, how was how were the Euros for you where did you watch those um, so the the like the Euros the, the, this tournament in particular um, has a really special place you know in, in, in my memory and, and also at the time I mean me and my two mates, who I'm, I'll probably go and talk about a little bit later on, um, Dan and Jack. Um, mm. We we all work in in the NHS, and with you know with with the lockdowns, COVID, yeah. you know, been a, a long sort of year and a bit. Having the Euros sort of coming into that 2020 summer, thinking, oh great, the Euros. At least we've got some tournament football to go ahead, and then it gets cancelled, it's pushed back a year. You just sort of have that constant feeling of nothing's ever gonna nothing's ever going to be the same again we're never going to get to do any of this kind of stuff so actually for the tournament itself um we ended up because you could only go in groups of six and or maybe even at that point maybe groups of eight but you, you couldn't have lots of people even in pubs in sort of 2021 so I kind of just made the point of let's not bother trying to book places because everyone will be trying to do that and you know we'll then potentially have people that can't come people that can come so I kind of said let's let's watch the first game because it happened to be on my birthday let's watch the first game at mine we'll do a barbecue nice weather let's just watch the first game against Croatia here we won can't remember you know looking at a game where I thought all oh, the fine it was one nil but we were comfortable and actually that was a good result so we kind of we then went end up watching the second game against Scotland at uh, my mate Jack's house. Um, I'm sure he'll be ecstatic that I'm mentioning this on this <laughs> podcast. Um, that game was an absolute dull affair. We were terrible. They were it was a terrible. stinker, wasn't it? It was an absolute stinker. Um, and I think both me and Dan turned to him and went, "Well, that settles that." Then we're watching the rest of it at Matt's house. So 
um, so we watched every other game, every game at ours. Um, you know, with some, with definitely with the with the two with the two boys, um, but then a few other people that came, sort of mixed and matched depending on days they could come and stuff like that. So you know, tried to have barbecue food all the time. The, the weather was nice, and I think just for the, it ended in bitter disappointment. Well, for for me, as I said, my wife's half Italian, so I think for her, she was she kept going. Well, I've won either way. I'm very much going. Yep, that's fine. It doesn't make it any less painful. Um, but you know, for for ending on a painful note, seeing England get to a final, which I never thought would ever happen, was was one fantastic highlight. Um, but just the after a year and a half of generally awful work, it was a really nice release. Yes. So lovely sort of memory for that point of view, and especially with with my two mates who you know following that we've we've not only bonded over uh football you know we went we went away to tenerife for a week at the start of the world cup this uh, last year so you know to to get a bit of sun and go sit in the pubs and stuff so we've, we've kind of built an even bigger friendship out of this nice one i mean and then were there are they england fans as well like uh yeah so jack for his sins is a manchester united fan um but uh, when we when we first met, we we were actually sort of sitting in the staff room at work, and we kind of got talking about football, and and then we ended up going to a Christmas party together, and kind of got talking more about football, and we kind of it kind of sort of basically said that Man United were were rubbish at the time, <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, that's a, that's a sensible Manchester United fan. You don't get tons of them lurking about these days. I'm sure I'll get pelters for this if people are listening to it. Um, <laughs> but we kind of just hit it off, you know, we're very similar people and we kind of bonded at that point. And then the world cup rolled around six months later, but just before that we watched, you know, the playoff final, we had a whole day of sport of watching stuff in the, in the pub, kind of just me and him. And then a few people joined us later on for the champions league final. Um, we kind of bonded there. And then because of that, we've tried watching pretty much every game at the 2018 world cup together. And, you know, we've, seven pints deep before the Croatia game because we were nervous. So we we've kind of we've kind of sort of had a similar journey. Yeah. And then um my mate Dan sort of came in a little bit later. So he he joined work and we met him sort of uh, uh Jack met him first and then introduced him to me. Um and definitely for his sins. I mean he is a Leeds United fan so he's uh he definitely got some sins there. Um, so you've got a Leeds and a Man United fan in your yeah, and, and a Derby County pitch. fan, and I'm, you know most people we were on holiday in Tenerife, and people couldn't quite believe we were all stood together in our in our club kits, to be honest. So um, this is the thing with with following yeah. England; it brings us all together, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, but Dan uh, was very much. Uh, I don't care about international football. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Carlin man. I won't have any other type of beer. You know that kind of. <laughs> That kind of individual, and, and we've all a, got a friend like that. Exactly, exactly. And over over a period of time, we've um, we've managed to we've managed to indoctrinate him into into England football to the point now where he's you know he's watching under twenty one England games and messaging oh, me. Them. So it's uh, it's nice. It's good to it's good to have <laughs> excellent stuff. I mean, can to to watch the World Cup in in Tenerife was a uh, a good idea. I wish I'd have thought about doing something like that. Yeah, because because World Cups are often associated with sort of summertime, and 
and obviously Qatar was was in our winter time. Um, yeah. So yeah, that good good one going over to Tenerife for that. Was it was it good over there? Was it sort of good atmosphere with other England fans watching it? Yeah, I mean, I know that um, there, there were there were, it was to be honest, there was quite a mixed bag. There was uh, you know while we were out there, we saw a few Danish uh, fans, a few Germans, a few Polish fans. There was an absolute ton of uh, Welsh fans, even in the sort of area where we were staying. The I know there was a big incident sort of further up the road between England and Welsh fans before we ended up playing each other in the group stage. Oh, right. um, and we were we weren't fortunately we weren't involved in any of that, but we were we were sort of in the town, sort of next to it. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good actually. Um, I think you know although watching England and seeing the Iran game was was fantastic and. USA game again, a bit like the Scotland game, was a bit of a dull, stressful affair, which mm. didn't feel like it needed to be. Um, but personally, one of, one of my one of the biggest highlights for the three of us was, um, I think it was before Wales's second game against Iran. Um, we were all three of us sat in sat there, England kits on, waiting for the USA game later in the evening, and we were surrounded by about sixty Welsh fans, and you know they they stood up all sung the national anthem and belted out, and you know things like that were really nice to see, although. You know, secretly didn't want them to beat around anyway. So, but <laughs> but you know, things like that were were nice to be out there. There was a good there was a good atmosphere. You know, there wasn't lots of. I uh, know there was that one incident, but there was, it felt quite safe and secure, which was nice, and it was good weather and stuff. So it was nice to go out there with the two of them. Nice one. I wish wish I'd have thought of that one. Um, but yeah, you came back to to carry on watching it back home um, in in the in the cold and the dark. Uh, World Cup Qatar, it it was going so well, obviously, and until France, didn't it? Yeah, um, I think yeah, Croatia twenty eighteen was was painful. Italy twenty twenty one was painful. I feel the France game more hurts more because I feel like against Croatia and Italy, we weren't the team we were in that quarter final. And if we'd been the team we were in that quarter final, we'd have won both those games. Right, yeah. I feel like the teams progressed. I know that we had a average sort of between March and September with the Nations League and things like that, but it felt like we were a team that knew our identity. We knew what we were wanting to do. I know the USA game was a bit drab as well, but that that France game I feel hurts more, more on the fact that we just we looked like the one we looked the better team. I still think if if we score that, pe- I know if Kane scores that penalty, and again, I'm sure people will have different opinions. Personally, he's the only person that should be taking the penalty. Um, I think we probably take them in extra time. I think we nullified Mbappe. I, I thought overall, I thought we were the better team, and I think that's why it hurts more. But also gives a good sense of hope and positivity that actually we can go on and do more and be better. Those players will be more experienced. They'll be ready for another tournament. They're young players. So hopefully that experience of losing to a, to a top team like France, and they are a top team. You know, they've made four of the last seven World Cup finals. So they are the team in theory of the last 20 years. And having that experience will hopefully make those players that bit better. Um, You'd think so. Let's hope so. It was it was sad. Um, I was it was the only game, sadly, that me, Dan, and Jack didn't watch together. And I think I'm, I'm blaming myself for that because it was a Christmas party that I was at. 
so I blame myself for us losing because <laughs> up until that point we've been all right um so hey hey we you're watching it whilst supposed to be having a Christmas party yeah it didn't go down particularly well with um the a few of the lasses that had organized it but I I, I had explained maybe about three months before that that they picked the Christmas party day on the most likely day of England <laughs> playing the quarterfinal. And if that did happen, nobody who likes football was going to enjoy the party until that game was over. So fortunately they they did they did manage to it was a barn somewhere up in the countryside as well. Mm. So it was um like really out out of the way and not um you know no no big tv so fortunately we managed to get a stream up on someone's ipad so we were about 30 seconds behind so people kept getting texts off of people oh, saying okay. oh kane scored or we've got another penalty which was a bit frustrating but eventually made the point of no one to look at their phones just let the game happen so um yeah it was it was it was decent and then fortunately felt sad for about five minutes and then someone started asking for shots. So, you know, that helped number pain quite quickly. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah, a few shots here <laughs> and there. And the football's done. We'll, uh, Christmas was on, on the horizon. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it still hurts to this day. But, I mean, go, going forward, and, and obviously you mentioned Gareth Southgate, it's, I'm, I'm very much in the, the Gareth Southgate in camp mm-hmm. if if we're still having this conversation yeah. I, I still think he's the uh the main man for the job because i don't think there's anyone at this moment in time that can do any better job in all honesty i mean is that kind of how you feel going forwards i think so i think he's i think there's like i said at the sort of the start there's a lot of you know when football is so easily and readily available now that you can go onto YouTube and you can pick up your highlights and you see, you know, and and the club game is so massive Mm. that people who've grown up watching the Premier League have an idea, for me, have an idea that that is how football should be played, regardless of whether it's international club or whatever. And that's just not how it works. You know, you look at the teams that that have won major tournaments. They've, you know, Germany in 2014, five of that team were from their under 21 team in 2009, you know, Yes, they were all fantastic footballers, but they've grown up playing together and have built sort of that, like I was saying, that sort of brotherly bond. They are a team. They are together to go into an international side. And that's what I would say Southgate's done particularly well. He's made England feel more like a club side. Fine, not in the way that they necessarily play football, but the fact that the players want to be there, like you can see it when, you know, prime example is Harry Maguire. I'm very much, I know there's a lot of people that do not like Maguire and, you know, I don't think he's necessarily helped himself with some of his performances for Man United in particular. Yeah. But when he plays for England, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Pretty much the only one that I can think of is against um is against Italy and off the top of my head is against Italy in March where he tries to run it out with it and they end up scoring the goal that gets them sort of back into it at two one in Naples. But he's generally been a good player. And I think Southgate for me, I'm still very much Southgate in. I think he's definitely deserving of another go around with these players. I know lots of people keep saying, bring someone else in and they'll 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 help take the, you know, take the let the players take their foot off the pedal. And it's like, what what does that mean? And who are you bringing in? No one ever has a name to bring in ahead yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah. So I think for 
personally for me, I think he's definitely deserves another go. I think he's and 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 I think a big part of why I think I love this England team, and again, why lots of people love this England team at the moment, is that it Gareth Southgate, the way he portrays himself, is the best of what this country has. And because of that, the players are the best of what this country has now. You know, people are loving the players who play for England because they come across as, you know, well-informed. They they fight generally the right causes and they're all around come across as just generally nice guys. And I think that's a big thing of what I love about this England team now. And that stems from Southgate. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, you, yeah, you're saying the right things there about the players. Um, it just is a more... In sort of this, the, the world that we live in, um, it's very much like oh, the players that are playing now are, are very sort of different in their attitudes to maybe say the players that were playing in 1990 or, or sort of the 20, 2002 World Cup. They are, they are yeah. very different and they need to be brought on differently. And, and Gareth is in the right place at the right time, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, just in the in the short time that we've got left, I mean, do you, do you get to go to Wembley often? Have you have you been abroad to watch England? What's sadly not been abroad to watch England. I think um, now I'm obviously I'm a, one of the Traveller Supporters Club members and yeah. would like to get out to to somewhere else for 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 one of the games. I'm probably not going to get out now for. Definitely won't be able to get out of Ukraine. It's um, it's the it's the week of my wife's birthday, so that's an absolute yeah. no go. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and the one I would have wanted to do would have been the Malta game, but I think when just timing wise, it didn't quite work out. Um, applied, you know, put in for the ballot and wasn't anywhere near. Um, but over the next sort of few months, taking sort of the annual leave, you know, me. me Jack and Dan in particular, our goal now is to try and, you know, even if we don't get any games, we'd like to still go to Germany for, for the experience for the tournament. Yes. Um, but because of that, you know, we've signed up to the STC and we've sort of taken our annual leave, trying to get down from Leeds and Dan's up in Newcastle at the moment, trying to get down for, for as many of the games as we can. So I think we're off to... Off to over the sort of the week, off to Australia and then Italy, which will happen to be my my wife's first ever game of football. And being half Italian, she's uh, she keeps sort of making the point of, oh, I can support both teams. I was like, you definitely can't support both teams when we're in the England home end. Like you <laughs> cannot do that. Um, and then again, trying to get down for the Malta game and stuff as well in in November. So um, definitely more on that sort of that sort of that criteria it's more the home games um but would love to do an away game i think you know seeing naples uh, back in march was in, was just looked like some atmosphere which would have been fantastic to go out there as well yeah that's no, uh it was a good one there and and just thinking there of your wife being half italian i, I always look at people with half and half scarves and think now oh, what have you got one of those for but <laughs> you know, if someone is half english half italian then I think they're more the most entitled to wear a, a half and half scarf. Half and half so, scarf. so, yeah. so that game is is ideal for her when she goes there. Treat, <laughs> treat her to a half and half scarf. I might have to. I might have to. 
It's Matt, fine. If, if, if anyone threatens us, it'll be it'll be me taking the punch, so it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you very much for, uh, for for joining us and just taking us through your uh, your England journey. Um, I mean, just obviously plenty more time to uh, to go. Hopefully, we can. Oh, maybe next year you'll you'll be out there in Germany and and see us lift a trophy. Absolutely, hope so. Um, who knows? You know, perennial hope is. Uh, Forever on the cards being an England fan. <laughs> Isn't it just? We we all know that one. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you to Matt there. Really enjoyed that. As I mentioned beforehand, if you fancy sharing your England journey, by all means, get in touch three lions podcast at gmail.com or on social media twitter facebook instagram threads uh, just search three lions podcast uh, i'd love to hear of your journey now before i end this episode i just wanted to pay tribute to francis lee or franny lee as he was more commonly known as franny passed away on the 2nd of october aged 79 after a prolonged fight against cancer. He'll be widely regarded as one of Manchester City's finest. Born on the 29th of April 1944 in West Horton in Lancashire, he began his career at Bolton Wanderers, scoring 92 times in 189 games. He then moved to Manchester City in 1967 for £60,000, where he would play 249 times, scoring 112 times. And it was there that he won the First Division title, the FA Cup, the League Cup, and also the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup. And then finished his playing career at Derby County between 1974 and 1976. And he would eventually become Manchester City's chairman, in 1994 and that was way before the club became the club we now know. He was first selected to represent England by Sir Alf Ramsey in 1968, made his debut in a one-all draw at home to Bulgaria. He went on to win 27 caps and scored 10 goals and also appeared at the 1970 Mexico World Cup. His first England goal came in his second game, a 5-0 victory over France. First was in great form, so was Lee. He scored an exhibition goal to put England four up. This was the England everyone had waited to see. Later, he would score against Ecuador in a pre-World Cup friendly in Quito. Newton and Lee going fast. A goal, a goal for Francis Lee. Quick piece of opportunist running then by Francis Lee. The Ecuadorian stunned by the lax defence that allowed Lee to get in on top of them. Francis Lee scoring his sixth international goal, adding another one to the cracking good goal he scored against Wales at Cardiff last month. And what's more important, it's put English spirits very high here in Quito. One nothing up then England are. I'd like to send my condolences to all his family 
and friends. I'll be back with you very soon with a preview episode ahead of the Australia and Italy games. I hope you can join me for those. So until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers. <laughs>